Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. The Hero's Feast, written by no good ID names. Has everything been prepared, Lambert? The ambassador will be arriving shortly with these entourage, and we only get one shot at the first impression. Almost, sir, said Lambert. We're just finishing up the table settings. She looked down over the feast board with pride. They'd had to weld five deck tables together to make this damn thing, but it was still full of bursting with all of her species' classic cuisine. The bowl of tender higlet shoots bought for space on the succulent ploink roast, the otron of salad of the leafy fronds and healthy orange, teetered precariously on the table's edge. By cautious negotiation, heated debate, and eventual the judicious application of meat mallets, Lambert had gotten her favorite meal to every center of the table. A bowl of spicy kin ma soup, lined at the edge with the newly severed basrin fins. The acid from the soup triggered the muscles in the fins, and their careful placement kept the soup constantly stirred into a gentle whirlpool. She wondered how this hero's feast would go. It was a standard celebration of the first contact across the galaxy. Each side would bring its traditional foods for the other to taste in a ceremony of harmony and goodwill. When a faint signal of the new race had been detected two weeks ago, the Prudact Hierarchy had sent its diplomats and the best chefs it could find to the room of its empire to meet this rising simian species. They had made a hero's feast for the ages. Of course, most of it wouldn't actually be eaten. The variety between life forms across galaxies is enormous, and a delicious meal for one species is often inedible or downright toxic for another. A complicated bioscanner had been set up beside the table that would identify which meals could be eaten by the other species without harm. Lambert was a chef, not a diplomat, but she knew that the hero's feast carried great weight in negotiations. Distaste, disgust, or outright refusal to eat something that had been verified safe was a grave insult. If there turned out to be no food that the race could eat safely, it was considered an ill omen for negotiations to come. On the other hand, any food pronounced downright tasty would be served at every diplomatic meeting. Restaurants would add the meal to their repertoire, so visitors between the races would be guaranteed something good to eat. The Hero's Feast had proven time and time again to be a valuable tool for fostering friendship. Some ceremonies are based upon compassion, aiming for the heart, but this one aimed directly at the stomach. Lambert, are we ready to proceed? She turned around to see all seven of the ambassadors of the Prudact hierarchy. Three were of her own caste, the Blue Tepids. Two were from the Far Sector and Green Algids, and the trademark green tinge of their cooler blood moving sluggishly through their prominent veins. Beside them, nervously fidgeting, were the two red calicents, their thin veins almost glowing with the speed of their metabolisms. The leader of the delegation, Prime Orbros, had spoken, a blue tepid like herself. 
He was dressed in the traditional vest and girdle of the capital world's ancient mountain tribes, designed to highlight the exposed blood vessels of the throat and arms used in mating displays. Despite the gravity of the ceremony, Lambert had to keep from giggling. The only other time that she had seen such an archaic clothing was in historical reenactors and adolescents trying to imitate a nobler time. Yes, sir, we're all set up, she said. Good, he said. The human ambassador is talking, and we speak. You really aren't on yourself with this beasting board. His eyes passed along the table and stopped. Is that, uh, Kinmar soup? Um, yes, sir. Interesting choice for a main course, he sighed. I do hope it goes better than the Fluvius fiasco. Lambert nodded sympathetically. A week's worth of work preparing a feast and all that inedible by the sentient's gas life forms. Meanwhile, the Prudax had gotten embarrassingly inebriated off the strange gaseous mixture. One of them accidentally consumed an effluent ambassador. They were interrupted by the alert signal winking on and off above the door. That's them right now, Obras said. Everyone, take your places. The ambassadors lined up along the edge of the feasting board. Lambert moved to her spot across from the bioscanner. The door slid open with a hiss and the ambassador of humanity entered. Lambert had seen pictures of humans, of course. They were plastered on every new system across the empire when they were discovered. But those were astronauts in bulky flight suits. They didn't show the unnerving mound of fur on their head, the bizarre jointed digits on their hands. The strangest of all was the way it moved, a lanky swinging of its limbs, almost bouncing with every step. Lambert had read theories that these humans had evolved from brachiating mammals, and she could easily picture these humans swinging through the jungle, albeit maybe not as such fancy clothes. The ambassador paused to adjust the translator device implanted under his chin, then spoke. Greetings, he said. I am Alan Beauchard, chief ambassador of the Terran Alliance. But even with the translator functioning at full capacity, his speech had an unusual accent. Words were pulled apart, syllables stretched out and examined in detail, then rejoined. There was something unhurried about his voice, completely at odds with the energetic step. Greetings, said Obras. I am Brian Obras, chief ambassador of the Brudacht hierarchy. Evie was put off by the human's eccentricities. He showed none of it. He threw her hands backwards, taking in another ambassador's. We are the official delegation for the first contact with the Terran Alliance. In honor of our meeting, we prepared a hero's feast that our races may share food and grow closer. Ambassador Bouchard smiled. Ah, yes, the feast! I should bring my staff in to prepare humanity's meal, though. He clapped his hands. In the moment, the room was filled with a flood of human figures, clad in white coats, checkered pants, and tall cylindrical hats. Lambert, a master of dining table herself, marveled at the speed at which they set up their own feasting table. Before she could properly take in what was happening, they were already bustling about, leaving a table packed with exotic foods. Some were easily identifiable, a rack of ribs, a basket of what could only be fruit. Some were indecipherable. There was a plate of small brown bars, likely a dessert, next to what distressingly looked like fried insects. Dominating the feasting board was a roasting carcass of a massive mammal, a hooved quadruped with large ears and a stubbed snout, with as they appeared to be a fruit in its mouth. 
Pulling her attention away from the awe-inspiring meal, she saw that not all the humans had left. Half a dozen stood behind the ambassador, holding wide variety of high-tech equipment. Obras cleared her throat. Ambassador, we were led to believe that you would be the only representative here. Are these your servers? Beauchard laughed and then held the translator in his throat for a moment. Ah, just Kusuma, my friend. But I pride myself on carving of meats and such things. If there is serving to be done, then I will serve you myself. I'm sorry, I didn't get that first part, Obras said, this diplomatic mask cracking in confusion. He tried to imitate the strange noise the human had made. Jameskus. It means, pardon me, which it means, I must say yet again. Primobras, Beauchard said. The translator is a wonderful device, to be certain, but there are times that I prefer my native tongue. He shrugged and put a hand on the device again. Uno sola langua, lena est jamas affronted, no? Uh, yes? Obras said, clearly thrown. Lambert could see him fight to regain his composure. And these humans accompanying you? Ah, yes, excuse me, I had forgotten. Beauchart said, these are my personal doctors, on hand to ensure that I will be able to try your wonderful dishes. But we have already brought in a device for that purpose, Obras said, turning to the bioscanner. Its sensors on probes hung over the table, ready to sniff out danger. It'll detect any food which you are compatible. Compatible, Beauchard said. Je ne comprends pas, Monsieur Obras. Or perhaps it is you who does not, he smiled again. I intend to try them all. It was four hours later. Lambert stood frozen, able to do nothing but stare at the insanity that had unfolded. Two of the Prudoc ambassadors were crying while one had snapped into hysterical laughter and another was being violently sick into a bucket. One of the red callisons had fainted dead away and had to be carried out on a stretcher. Primal Bross stood next to Lambert, face locked in a strictest grin, eyes wide with terror and estranged sanity. Ambassador Beauchard lay on the feasting board, caught in the throes of severe allergic reaction from the Rugen skin platter. His mouth was foaming, his back arced, his muscles were writhing beneath his skin. The doctors worked furiously around him. Don't you die on me, one of them cried, before driving an enormous needle directly into the ambassador's chest. Beauchard's eyes shot open. He shot to his feet, screaming a long string of unintelligible words, ending in the cry of Mon Advilgressel and Prente Ancalus. Slowly, he stopped shuddering and pulled the massive needle out of the clatter on the floor. He turned to the Brudoct delegation. C'est magnifique, he said, putting his shirt back on. The flavors come together so beautifully, and the texture of the char against the tongue is beyond compare. What's next? Lambert surveyed the table grimly. Nearly all of the table had been sampled, although some of the dishes had been spilled by the ambassador's various muscle spasms, seizures, and occasional death throes over the course of the meal. He'd praised the quick golf cuts that had induced intense vomiting, sang his love through mumbling lips of paralyzing paguan noodles, and declared his brain roast a work of art, before his heart stopped for the third time. There was nothing he did not eat, nothing he did not love. Each time these doctors brought him back from the brink, only to be sharpening his appetite. Well, there was one last meal that she'd been dreading, but there was no use putting it off now. Kinmar soup, she declared, almost defiantly. 
she lifted the pot and brought it to the wreckage at the end of the table. God, she'd never be able to look at her favorite meal the same way ever again. Such presentation, said Bouchard. The fin's outstanding, doctor, if you would. One of the aides came forward with a portable scanner and ran it across the surface of the soup. Some interesting toxins, he said, and a trace chemicals with some unusual interactions. We can give you a general anti-venom, but it'll be touch and go if anything unexpected pops up. Well, what are we waiting for? Beauchard said impatiently. A needle was stuck in his arm, already dotted with injections that they'd given him through the feast. He took her heaping spoonful, and Lambert braced her, shuttering her eyes. Alonzi! There was a silence, and then a slurping, and a silence again. Lambert dared crack her eyes open. Ambassador Beauchard sat there with a thoughtful expression. After another second, he went for another spoonful. The doctor surrounded began to breathe again. He smacked his lips. I do believe that we have promised meal, people. And let me just say that it is my very favorite of the feast, doctor. A second opinion. He never seemed to specify a doctor in particular, but each specialist seemed to know when they were wanted. One came closer now and did a brief scan. No reaction to the antivenom, he said, and no allergic reaction. The soup is edible. The doctors exploded in a pause, and after a second, the product and delegation did as well. All of the built-up tension and terror poured out of them like waves. Even Prime Obras was laughing and crying as he clapped. A new and alien but strangely comforting form of approval. Ambassador Beauchart rose to his feet. I believe that is all your dishes, Ambassador Brobras. It is not time for mine. The delegates looked on with horror and, and touched half of the table, laden with unidentifiable foods. Lambert imagining trying to eat anything and that seeing what had just happened and felt sick by proxy. There was a long moment filled with an awkward silence of the involuntary gag reflexes. It was finally broken by a device chirping of Bouchard's wrist. He looked down. Ah, but we must be off if we are to make our return to with any degree of timelessness. His eyes rose from the frozen ambassadors. My excuse once more, Prime Obras. Deep apologies, but I will not be able to stay for your meal. If you would please let me know what you found appetizing, I would be most grateful. Obras looked like a prisoner pulled from the firing squad. Yes, yes, of course, he said. And, um... The trade negotiations? We will go back to you in time, said Brochard. Abras nodded, too relieved to exhausted to push. In the meantime, I require the ingredients and recipes for that delightful soup, for my own podogar, yes? Yes, definitely, said Obras. Is there anything else? Beauchard smiled. Can I get this wrap to go? Epilogue First mate Hemley waited for the ambassador inside the bulkhead door. A tide of ships came streaming past, carrying bags packed with highly toxic food. Beauchart sauntered in after them, his clothes stinking and stained with alien sauces, medical serums, and his own vomit, none of which managed to suppress the spring in his sep. Oh, Monsieur Hemley, he cried. What did you think? That was, uh, something else, Hemley said. You've got an iron stomach, ambassador. Why did you need to eat everything? And why did you have me send you that alert? You know, we've still got three-day window to head home. Bouchard drew him to the side of the door and leaned close. Hemley could smell everything on the ambassador's jacket and promptly couldn't as his nose shut down in self-preservation. Because we only get one shot at the first impressions. 
Oshad said, his accent suddenly dropped by three notches. This hero's feast is a power play, just like any other ceremony. It's what they use to gauge our new race. I just took everything they could throw at me and asked for more. They couldn't eat a single thing we had, and I let them off the hook. And they knew it. The balls in their court, Hemney. He straightened up and adjusted his filthy collar. Plus, he said, that Kinmasuf wasn't half bad. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.